find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. What's up, you guys? I'm Catherine. And I'm Haley. And we are Saturdays Are for the Ghouls, a podcast on the Podmoth Network. We cover all things spooky, like horror movies, true crime, the supernatural, and spooky stories in the most chaotic way possible. So join your favorite ghoul friends every Saturday, wherever you listen to podcasts. And become a spooky babe. <laughs> so spooky babes, we'll see you in your nightmares. Welcome, welcome, welcome back. We are sorry for the extended hiatus, but we are back. We're going to talk about some really weird things that people tried to get away with today and afterwards. I've got some really cool stuff to tell you about. We've missed you guys, and we're so happy to be back. Alex is absolutely right. We love you, miss you, hope everyone is crushing life right now. I know you are. My listeners are badasses. So, today we have three awesomely insane stories to delight your ears with. We're going to start with Florida Man. He's always exciting. I think the last time Florida Man was on here, he had some ears in his pocket. Can I see your gun, bro? Then after Florida Man's done with his bullshit, we have the most Walmart behavior I've ever read about, followed by someone trying to GTA their way into a new vehicle. We've been gone for a while, though, so let's just jump right into the next Anthology of Weirdness. Alex, hit the button. Here we are, everybody, back in Florida once again to try to figure out just what the fuck actually goes on down here. We are currently in Orlando, just outside of the Epcot Center and Swan Reserve Hotel. Oh shit, we're going to Disney World? Yeah! Well, sorta. We're going near there, but we don't have the security clearance to make it past the front gate. Oh man, I brought my fanny pack and everything. Don't worry, Alex, we aren't the only ones that don't have the proper credentials. We're talking about a man today who just really needed a win. We'll talk about why in a little bit. But his methods are just a little bit unorthodox. We also don't own a fanny pack. Oh, please do go on. David Proudfoot wanted to get just a little bit more excitement out of life. What better place to do that than at Disney World, the happiest place on Earth? I feel like there's a butt. However, David has a much different definition of the word excitement than you or I do. Or most people, probably. You can't just make up your own definitions to things, David. Police responded to a call at the hotel where they found a white man in a gray shirt, khaki pants, and an orange work vest. He's really going for the gusto with this illusion. He identified himself as David Rogers, born 1978. Hotel employees noticed him pushing a large cart across the property, which is just what prompted the phone call to the police. He told police that his job was to, quote, move items from one location to another. Oh, so he works there? He was wearing a Walt Disney World issue name tag, but no, he definitely doesn't work there, probably never will. The police obviously have some questions for David. Is that your real name? What's with the car? Why are you here at 5 a.m.? All totally reasonable things to want answers to if you're the cops. Disney found zero records of this man supposedly called David E. Rogers in any employment records, and the man he claimed to be his supervisor, James McDaniels, did actually exist, 
but he lives in Burbank, so that's probably not reliable information. That's kind of far away, isn't it? Just a little bit. Police want to know more, obviously, so they escort David to the yacht club so he can go get his stuff. Except for the way he took to get there was kind of bizarre. He walked around to the south side of the resort by the beach entrance and entered through an unmarked door that led through the kitchen. Would the front door not have worked, David? From the kitchen, David meandered along for a while, eventually leading up to another floor where the manager's offices were. The cop was pretty confused by, well, everything so far. None of this adds up at all. He said, David, where are we going? Oh, I thought you wanted to speak to my manager so you can verify my employment. That's a ballsy proposition in and of itself. What if there was actually a manager up there to talk to? Then what, David? What if the recently defrosted Walt Disney himself was up there just bringing himself back up to room temperature? Who dares to intrude on my purification ritual? No one is permitted to enter the realm of dreams. Only me, Redlaw Yensid. Then what happens, David? How are you going to respond to that, David? The cop responded with, we're here to get to your locker so you can retrieve your things, which should also have an ID so we can identify you. We don't even know if you are who you say you are, so why don't we get that out of the way first? Then we can figure out how to deal with Mr. Disney, eh? Yeah? After some more time spent wandering around stalling for time, David does eventually lead them to a locker room. Oh boy, progress! Except... He has no fucking idea how to get into any of them because he doesn't work there! So he spends like 10 minutes trying and failing to clumsily break into one of these other random employees' lockers. David, bro, you, you just gotta do better than that, bro. He's committed to the lie, though. Yeah, I'll, I'll give him that. He's determined to at least see it through to the end. He eventually lands on a locker that looked enough like it could be his. He said he knew it was his because there weren't any stickers on the outside of it. Only problem with that is, there were several other lockers right next to it that also had no stickers. David tried and failed several times to break into the combination lock when the cop noticed something poking out of his back pockets. Hey David, I noticed you have what looks like a wallet in your back pocket. Might you have an ID in there by chance? Hey, you know what? You might be onto something, officer. So, he whips out his wallet, produces a Florida driver's license that does not match the name that he gave to the police earlier. I don't know if he actually forgot his name or just the lie that he'd told previously, but... Okay, David, that's fine. You're, at least you are a David, so let's just go on back to the scene where we found you. You know, where the cart is, remember? I've got a few questions about that cart and why you're really here with it. Turns out... David was there because he wanted a job. He had previously submitted an application to be a security guard at Disney World. Such a noble cause, defending the happiest place on the planet. Noble until you get to this set of details, that is. David took it upon himself to expose the flaws in the existing security structure by stealing an R2-D2 statue as well as a game machine. How would that help anyone find a job? Well, hell, some random guy can just come in and take valuable property without you even knowing, then you must have a gap in the security somewhere. And since I stole the stuff, I know where the gaps are, and I can make them unbreakable. Like, dude, 
You're not applying for a cybersecurity job. Yeah, okay. Sometimes hackers will try to break into a company's network infrastructure to try and expose any potential weaknesses. That's true. But they also usually have this thing, really important thing, called permission from the company to do that. They don't just go vandalize people's stuff all willy-nilly in hopes that they'll see the error of their ways. That's what an asshole does in poop. Oh, I guess it's my fault for leaving my door unlocked. Go ahead and take my TV. Just, it's fine. Hey, uh, real quick before you go, do you want a job? That doesn't happen, David. Did he steal anything else? Yes, actually, lots of stuff. The police got a search warrant for his house, and here's what they found in his house. Multiple light fixtures stolen out of bathrooms, probably those big long ones. Why? A big wooden towel cabinet and a gold necklace. Why would he steal any of that stuff and then also keep it? I don't... I don't understand. Is he just not a smart man? Alex, I'm so glad I made you ask me that. I don't think he is. The whole reason he wanted a job in the first place was because he got fired from his previous job. What was it? Listeners, oi! Come back from the doom scroll for a second. I'm gonna give you three seconds to guess what David's previous job was. Think about what he's done in the story so far, and just really think about what kind of job this man might have had in the past. Timer starts now. Congratulations! If you said elementary school principal, you get a brand new pencil sharpener! No fucking way, this guy was a principal? The guy that stole R2-D2 and bathroom lights. This is the same David. Unfortunately for those students, yes, the very same. And he got fired from there for embezzling $15,000 worth of either stolen property or misappropriated funds from the school. I can't find the exact details because the Baltimore Sun article that covered it is behind a FUCKING PAYWALL! So, screw it. Just use your imagination. There must be mountains of chalkboard erasers and colored pencils on every surface of this man's house. Or a file cabinet full of school-branded mouse pads and paper clips. That's the story of Mr. Proudfoot. He was held on a $9,650 bond, an odd number to pick, but... That's all the information I have on him, except for his LinkedIn profile has an enormous portion of word salad listed in there. But his website, Foot Forwards, you dorky idiot, I swear, is expired as of the time I'm reading this, so who knows where he is or what he's up to these days. I've had about enough of David. Come on, Alex. We're going back home to Texas. But I never got my funnel cake. Dude, they have funnel cake in Texas. Come on. We're going to Crockett, Texas for this one. Where's that? Crockett, Texas. Only about an hour's drive from where I live, this place was named after the legendary Davy Crockett. Oh, did he live there? No. He stayed nearby before he went to go fight at the Alamo, and after the battle, some guy that knew him donated some land and named it after him. Huh. What else did they do there? Uh, they trained Confederate conscripts, and they had a post office. Oh. So why does this place matter? Mainly sports, like every other small Texas town. But there's a really crazy thing that happened at Walmart there that I'd much rather talk about. I want you all to imagine what typical people of Walmart behavior looks like. What I mean by that is, what kind of shit would you expect to see only at Walmart? 
give me your guesses in the form of a five-star review. I would love to see a bunch of random stuff that only happens at Walmart on there with zero context. It just says ballet moth or leopard onesie. Please do that. It would be so much fun for us. So, I hope you're all wearing shoes. We're going inside the store now. An unnamed woman is trying to finish checking out her groceries at the self-checkout area of the Crockett Walmart. She probably has a name, I just don't know what it is. And if I did, I probably wouldn't say it on here because she doesn't need any extra attention from this, so we'll just call her Mom. Mom's got a newborn baby in a car seat and her one-year-old son sitting inside the basket. His legs are tired. Mom is soon approached by a very visibly Texan woman, a very tall white woman with big blonde hair, an animal print shirt, and I'm guessing an accent that could strip the varnish off your coffee table. And here's what she had to say. Oh, I just love your baby's big blue eyes and blonde hair. How much you want for it? Excuse me, ma'am. What the fuck? Mom said the same thing. She tried to laugh it off, thinking it was a joke. <laughs> I know, right? My precious little angel. I've got $250,000 in the car right now. That's how much I'll pay. She's being serious. Holy shit. Mom, being mom, said, No, my baby's not for sale. No amount of money would do. Now, I don't know how many of you have encountered this flavor of determined southern lady before, but they generally don't take no for an answer. Once a southern lady gets it in her mind that she can do something, then by God, come hell or high water, they gonna get it one way or the other. Stubborner's a dead horse, some of them. Yeehaw. What happened next? Rebecca Lynette Taylor, of course her name's fucking Rebecca. Oh, come on, Becky. Becky kept pressing the issue, saying that she's been wanting a baby for a long time. She just would not stop harassing this lady, just would not leave mom alone. She never thought to just, I don't know, have a baby? Nah, man. Too much big hair in the way. Takes away resources from the brain. Becky also then began calling the baby by its actual name. Not sure how she figured that out. Probably stalked this poor woman through the aisle like some kind of weird suburban predator. I can smell talcum powder. There's one nearby. Eventually, Becky gave up and left. Just meandered out the door. After a while, so did Mom. She's kind of waiting to just let smoke die down a little bit. But Becky didn't actually leave, turns out. She was waiting in the parking lot, creepier now. And now the price is doubled. Doubled? $500,000 for a brand new vine-ripened baby human. She's just screaming at mom in the parking lot now. I'll give you half a million dollars. Come on, that's a lot of money. Think of the vacations you could go on. Give me the baby, give me the baby, give me the baby. Just a relentless shriek storm of terrible trade proposals. Mom smartly locked herself and the children inside the car while Becky continued wailing from behind the car. Eventually, she gave up and left the scene completely. Just, alright, fine, bye, I'll try again another day. I guess even an adult female Texan's teeth aren't strong enough to penetrate the heavily armored exoskeleton of a GMC Denali. Police were called pretty swiftly after that, and the surveillance footage from Wally World supported Mom's claims about what transpired. They arrive at Becky's house later on that same day. It's January 2022. This is not that long ago. And they had a couple of questions for Becky. Here's how she responded. I don't like thieves and you can talk to my lawyer if you want to know anything else. Get off my precipice. Precipice? Really? Understandably, the police complied with her request and came back a few hours later with an arrest warrant. 
Hey, how about now you come down with us to the station to answer some questions or we'll press some piss into your face. Sound good? Okay, yeah. Alright. Okay. Here we go. Hands behind your back. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Sound, sounds good. I know. I know I'm gonna burn in hell. Okay. Okay. Watch your head. We've all seen live PD. She was charged with purchase or sale of a child, which is third-degree felony. That carries a $10,000 fine and anywhere from between two to ten years in prison. So... She might be out in a couple of months, depending on various factors. I don't think so, though. Seems like there's going to be something else that happens that keeps her in there longer. Or even if she ever even went. I don't know. That's where the article ends. Can't find anything else about it. So maybe watch out if you're in Walmart in Crockett. But probably you'll be fine. <laughs> what is this? The prequel to Raising Arizona? Yeah, right. This is what happened before the plan to steal one from the wealthiest family in town, or my name ain't Nathan Arizona! Turn to the right! Alright, on to the last story of the day. This one is by far my favorite. It's the most fun. There's no deceitful security guard applications, no terrifying southern stalkers trying to purchase anybody's offspring, nothing but some good old-fashioned joyriding. Woo! Let's do some donuts! We all know kids do crazy shit, right? I did lots of crazy shit when I was a kid. For example... Um, <laughs> I used to go around my neighborhood and punch bees. Oh god, this memory still hurts to remember. As you might expect, it took until I got stung on the hand to realize that, hey, you know what? Maybe punching bees isn't the smartest use of my free time. The reverse of that would be a kick-ass superpower, though. This just in, Night Mechanic has a brand new sidekick. Please welcome to the stage, Bee-Man. No, no, that's stupid. How about the Man-Bee? He wears a bee suit and keeps killer bees in a container on his wrist that opens when he punches somebody. His boots are made of honeycombs. And I'm certain many of you have a story about maybe yourself or someone you know getting brought home by the police at some point in your young life, but I bet it wasn't for something like this. Utah State Trooper Rick Morgan spotted a very young boy weaving between the lines in a gray SUV going around 32 miles per hour. When Rick got to the window of the vehicle, he was prepared to encounter someone that was either drunk or on some kind of other debilitating substance, but instead found himself looking down at a five-year-old little boy. How the fuck did he reach the pedals? He follows up with a very reasonable question. Where did you learn to drive? Here's how the little kid got there. It's May 5th, 2020. He is at home with mom. Right at the beginning of COVID. Not much else to do. Stuck inside. Tensions are going to be pretty high. They were arguing about probably the most important thing ever to a five-year-old. He wanted a Lamborghini, but mom said no? Heartless bitch, you never do anything for me, Mom. God! So he decided, you know what? Fuck this. I'm just gonna go to California and buy one myself. I'm gonna make my own way with Lamborghinis and blow. Lots and lots of blow. He didn't say that. The first part he did, his actual plan was to steal his mom's car, drive from Ogden, Utah to California, and purchase his very own real Lamborghini. And as legendary a journey that that would have been for a five-year-old to take, he probably wouldn't have made it too far at the dealership since he only had three dollars on him at the time. Rick said about it later, In my years on the road, I can count on one hand the amount of 12, 13, 14-year-old drivers, but never in my wildest dreams would I have ever thought of stopping a five-year-old trying to go to California to buy a Lamborghini. It's just crazy! 
Trooper Rick is right. That is crazy. But not nearly as crazy as this new sponsor that for sure exists. Well, hello there. My name's Harriet, and I'm the general manager of Honeycomb Motors. We specialize in adapting all makes and models to be much more accommodating for bees. How many times have you been driving around and thought, man, I wish I had more bees in here? Well, you're in luck, sonny. We have bee steering wheel covers, bee mufflers, bee headlights, bee horns, bee hives. You can have your entire suspension system be entirely based on the flaps of a bee's wings. We can get you the most bee for your buck. What about? Yes, I don't even need to wait for you to finish your sentence. Yes, we can. We can beefy just about anything, even your driver's license. Hell, we've got a new prototype B-Mobile that's made up of parts entirely made out of bees that also runs on bees as gasoline. We're combing out a few bugs that cause the entire thing to buzz at deafening levels, but once it's ready, you'll get all the delicious benefits of B-Mobile's clean burning honey roasted fuel economy. It also shoots bees. Just ask Man Bee and Night Mechanic, they're the ones who are building it. So come on down to Honeycomb Motors, we'll get you buzzing. If you don't want to drive a car made entirely out of bees that runs on bees and also shoots bees, turn this off right now. Go away. I don't need that kind of negativity in here poisoning my well. That is a totally real sponsor, by the way. Definitely not made up to fill time at all. Let's go back to Utah and the confused trooper, though. He said that the boy wouldn't face any criminal charges and that the appropriate discipline should be decided upon by his mother. What is the appropriate punishment for something like that? Oh, are you kidding me? This kid's never gonna see his iPad again. Are you kidding me? Goodbye, Minecraft. No more Paw Patrol. See you later, Super Y. Get the fuck out of here, Dora. We're done exploring. His sister had something to say about it, too. She said, How does a five-year-old little boy 11 years younger than me do it and I can't? What? Is she mad she can't steal her parents' car and get away with it? Really? Maybe. There isn't any more context for that quote, but there is some good news that came out of it. A shit ton of Lamborghini owners began messaging the family about what happened, and one extra creepy guy even took the little dude for a spin in his own Lamborghini. I really hope the parents were there too. I hope so too. It doesn't say, and I can't find any pictures, but everyone seems to be fine with it, but... The little homie said this when asked by the news outlet that covered the story. He said, The police said I drive good. Aww. There you have it, folks. I love doing these short little wacky-ass stories. Where else are you going to find a story about a five-year-old that steals a car to go buy another car with only $3 in their pocket? Or those other two stories. Where, what are you going to do? What, are you going to read those articles yourself? Fuck that. You're busy. You've got life to crush. And I have lots of free time, so I'll find the good ones and I'll tell them to you. How about that? Listener Jordan, my dude, sorry it took me so long to get another episode done, but I'm trying to get a lot of things organized a little bit better down here. I super appreciate you being a fan of what I do on this show, and your support really does mean a lot to me, so don't think I don't hear you up there, homie. Other listeners whose names I may or may not know, the stuff I've been trying to organize has been my new role as a comedy and public speaking coach at a local music school in my area. I've been swamped with getting a lesson plan put together for how to approach that type of thing. We had a grand opening performance for all the music students there just a couple days before this comes out where I did stand-up. That took quite a bit of extra time to prepare for. Which, oh, by the way, a link to that will be in the description if you want to watch it. Just click on the part of the episode description where it says more 
or on iTunes. I think it's like a little arrow off to the side somewhere. It should be in there somewhere. Also, if you've never seen me in person before, surprise, I look like every other fucking podcaster. (laughs) There's so many of us that are bald white men with glasses. If you're interested in learning more about my new side thingy, there's a couple really convenient and free options for you to do that. Alex, what are those? You can message us on Instagram at Second Self Podcast, or the show's email is mysecondselfandi at gmail.com. You can also help me grow the show by getting on iTunes or wherever and clicking the things that says this is the best damn free content on the interwebs, and those are also free to click on, so please click on some positive shit for me if I got you to laugh today. Also, send me suggestions for stuff. I want to hear what you all like to hear. So if there's something you want me to talk about on the show, don't be afraid to ask. That being said, we are out of here for now, everybody. I will try to have a new Serial Killer episode out within about two weeks at the most. But eventually, I will figure out a way to get back into a weekly schedule again. I hope you all understand, and until then... Have a good week, make smart choices, and stay kind, everybody. Bye!